The Today's Homeowner Radio Podcast is brought to you by The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Today's Homeowner with Danny Lipford, your partner in home improvement. Everyone has questions about their home. We've got the answers, and we have a few laughs along the way. Informative, entertaining, and sometimes off the wall. Home improvement has never been this much fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this hour of today's Homeowner Radio. Danny Lipford here along with my buddy Joe Truini. During this hour, we're going to talk about how to find a stubborn roof leak. We have one that's kind of perplexed a homeowner. We're going to do our best to point her in the right direction. Also, we've had a lot of problems over the years with squirrels, woodpeckers, carpenter ants, but doves? I've never had a call about a a dove destroying the house. We're going to have to check in. I thought those were peaceful animals, so we'll have to (laughs) check into that a little bit. Also, we have a neighbor drainage issue. We're going to have to kind of negotiate a resolution on this one. Hopefully, we can uh, make peace in the the area there. Also, we've got a lot of emails we want to share with you. We appreciate all those emails we received this week. And Joe, what about a little tease on that simple solution coming up in a bit? All right, Danny, if you've ever tried sanding round pieces of wood, especially ones that are in place already, like balusters on a staircase, it can be kind of challenging because you don't want to damage the piece, but you do want to sand it down. So I have a a tip, a really easy, simple solution how to do that by making a sanding strip. All right, that sounds good. Always look forward to those simple solutions and also always look forward to hearing from you. If you have any challenges around your home, have any comments, want to you know, mention something here before we go off the air in a few weeks, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at todayshomeowner.com slash ask anytime. You can also go to the hotline, 800-946-4420. Let's get to some of those callers right now that we received on this week's Today's Homeowner Hotline. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm calling from Michigan. My mom has a place in northern Michigan, and her her cement steps are coming away from the foundation wall. There's about a gap of about three inches at the top, and then it goes down on a triangle. Um, The soil is sand. I was wondering if there was some way that I can temporarily fill that area and with what product so that the ice and snow don't get in there and separate it farther and possibly cause damage to the foundation, the block. It's a block foundation. The steps are poured solid. It's about 50 years old. So anyway, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Bye. Well, Kim, that is a, a common problem, usually is something that is a result of a little water intrusion getting in there. Steps can be very, very heavy once they're poured solid like that. So it does happen. Now, um, it would be nice if you were able to raise them back up. I have not had a lot of success at that. I mean, I've used a dugout underneath them and put two um, 12-ton jacks under it uh, hydraulically and jacked them up. And I've had some success at doing that. Of course, you immediately have to fill that front area with concrete. But a lot of times when something falls away gradually, it's hard to get it back up tight quickly. Uh, Joe, um, she mentioned temporarily filling right. that gap, yeah. which um, I would not recommend filling that as a full-time solution. But to keep that water out might not be a bad idea to look at, um, you know, if it's a enclosed pocket 
to be right. able to fill it with concrete just so that you don't have water getting in there. But a lot of times, uh, maybe deterioration has um, caused that, that you that it's not solid, um, that, that you pour concrete in there and it spills out underneath the house. That would be something that would have to be determined. Yeah, if that's a precast set of stairs, they're hollow, for lack of a better word. They're not completely solid, so it would fall back in there. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, three inches is all big, you know, a gap of Lost half inch. Yeah, yeah a, ga- a gap of half inches is, is troublesome, but three inches. Yeah, I think if, if, I mean, if you want to know how to fix this properly, just to fill that gap, I guess, to keep water out, you'd use almost anything, but I don't think I'd do that. I think I'd get someone out there to repair it. And they could probably pull it off the house completely, which was what they'd have to do. Trying to jack it up, there might be some debris behind it that prevents you from jacking it up the mm-hmm. whole way. Not to mention, if it's sitting on sand, they might want to pour a, a footing and a slab and then set this on. You know, if you want to do it correctly, if it's sitting on sand and it's pulling away three inches, there's no reason it's not going to continue to sink in. And... um so unfortunately for Kim, I think the the real solution is to have a contractor come pull that out of there, fix the ground first, and then either replace it or pour something new or bring in some precast steps. And the good aspect of that is that's a permanent fix. You do it right, right and you won't have to yeah. ever worry about it. You can maybe change the look of the stairs, make them more skid resistant. So it end up being a real benefit there. It would also give her an opportunity to waterproof that concrete block wall before That's they right. put, back yeah. the, put back the steps. Yeah. Let's go back to the hotline for another call that we received this week. Hi, I have a problem, and it's kind of lengthy and complicated, but it's about my area where the chimney is and the wall that it comes down. It keeps leaking, and it's moisture in the in the area. I've done everything that I can think of. My furnace man has been out to uh, the flue liners in. We've sealed the chimney. We've done everything. Yeah, it it can be very, very tricky. And a lot of times um, in isolated situations, the outside um, masonry um, is allowing water in, maybe a small crack here or a small crack there. But I think you really need to call a roofer, a roofer that's very experienced in residential work. Uh, boy, they have the eyes. They know how to get there and go, oh, that is right there. Something that you may never even think about that maybe a chimney person may never even think about. But I definitely would um, would recommend uh, getting a good roofer out there. They're pretty amazing. They also can probably take that water hose and kind of work it around there a little bit and really isolate where the crack is. And I'll bet you need a little bit of flashing and you might have a nail hole here and there that's not visible that they can find and can take, take care of it. So I would definitely do that. Let's get one more call on the Today's Homeowner Hotline. Hello. I was watching one of your shows where you used a uh, four-inch inline duct fan to boost the exhaust of a closed dryer vent. And the duct fan had a pressure switch that automatically started the fan when the closed dryer started. Can you give me information on how to purchase one of those, please, or the make and model? Thank you. Well, I'm really not sure of the exact maker model, but they're very common if you were to um, ask um, your air conditioning heating contractor or just simply Google inline exhaust fan for dryers. You'll see several different selections there. No name brand particularly stands out. That's what I did. I just... I 
Googled it, found one I liked. I ordered it, got in in a few days, and it just uh, it really is amazing what it can do, particularly when you have a long uh, exhaust run from your dryer. My particular one in that my previous house I had actually ran vertically straight up about 14 or 15 feet. Yes, wow. heat Man. rises, but not when it's uh, burdened down with a little bit of lint here and there. Um, and so it was actually causing a lot of problems uh, to run a um, full load of clothes, um, to dry a full load of clothes was taking about an hour and 45 minutes. Wow. As yeah. soon as we installed this, it cut it down to less than 50 minutes. And um, so what little bit of power it uses. And and just to explain it, um, as he did a pretty good job in doing so, in the um, the line that runs um, wherever you're exhausting, it basically just fits in there. You have power running to it. It only comes on when it feels the dryer kick on and push against it. And the little air switch comes on and it really pushes that air out of there and uh, can save you a lot of money. You'll get your money back on your um, drying cost of that uh, pretty darn quickly because it's not that expensive. You may, uh, if you're not comfortable with electricity, um, have an electrician do it. But, Joe, that is that is a very simple way of um, improving the dryer ability to dry faster, which is going to drive down your power bill. Oh, it drives it down dramatically, as you saw. Um, yeah, the, the it's one of these products that um, – there's not a great demand for it. There aren't a lot of manufacturers. The very best manufacturer who makes almost all of them is a company called Fantech. That's right. T-E-C-H. That's the one I got. So if you go to Home Depot, sells them. You can get them at Granger or something like that. So, yeah, and they have several models, I'm assuming, for different – they have different power models and different diameters for the ductwork. So if you just Google Fantech, you'll see what their offering is. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little drainage issue that might need to be a little resolution between some neighbors. We'll do our best as the mediator when we come back here on today's Homeowner Radio. Today's Homeowner is brought to you by Pavestone, creating beautiful landscapes, and by Quickrete Cement and Concrete Products. It's what America's made of. We always appreciate all of our wonderful stations all over the country, including WBCFAM 1240 in Florence, Alabama. Florence is a fantastic town in the northern part of the state. And uh, actually, um, Joe, someone's there that uh, you have probably met at some time or certainly have heard of, Dr. Peter Johnson. Oh, yeah. Barbara Johnson's Barbara's son. son. Right. And Barbara was uh, with me for over 26 years. She retired, moved up to... South Carolina, and uh, her her son used to work with us. We always used to kid about um, that. I'm kind of feel responsible for keeping <laughs> him in medical school, not oh, because I paid yeah. for it, but because I uh, kept telling him that wheelbarrow is going to be your friend the rest <laughs> of your life if you don't stay in school. And so yeah. I, I think I convinced him during the hot those hot summers he worked with us, pushing that wheelbarrow around. I yeah. think I'll I'd rather um, kind of stick to these books, but he's uh, uh, doing extremely well. Very 
very well-known, very respected um, cardiologist there in the Florence area, and I uh, hope uh, that he hears his name on the radio, and uh, he's a he's a fine guy. And, and uh, He's got a wonderful mom, too. Absolutely. Yeah, Barbara, Barbara, who worked for you all those years, yeah. Oh, yeah, put up with me all these years is what you usually say. <laughs> <laughs> I saved that for Sharon. <laughs> hey, we want to remind you how you can reach out to us. You can reach out to us by email by sending us one at todayshomeowner.com slash ask. Uh, or you can pick up the phone and call 800-946-4420. We also wanted to share with you another best new product from our friends at Home Depot, How Doers Get More Done. This is one that you'll be interested in if you're about to take on a little demolition work as part of a home improvement project. Homeowners seem to love the demolition phase of most projects because of the big, noisy tools that are involved. But in addition to sledgehammers and reciprocating saws, you also need a really good utility knife, so DeWalt designed one just for demolition. It features durable metal construction that stands up to a lot of rough use. It also offers improved blade storage, smooth blade changes, and a comfortable grip for all-day use. But the feature that really sets it apart is Steel Demo Assist, NCAP, which allows you to pound, pry, and pull light-duty staples without reaching for another tool. For more information on this DeWalt demolition utility knife, log on to Home Depot. That sounds kind of cool. Although I invented that steel demos assist end cap a long time ago. I just used the end to pound in the nails. That's all. I, I, know I didn't realize that you had to have a special feature to it. <laughs> I know what it's like. Um, some of the little uh, heavy duty putty knives that you have. Yeah, those little that's right. Scraps of metal there that comes yeah. in uh, really, really handy. Hey, we're going to tackle a few of these emails. We appreciate you sending those in. And again, you can send one by going to todayshomeowner.com slash ass. That's what Mary in Atlanta, Georgia sent in. Said, I'm looking for some home remedies to solve problems around my home. Um, if I use salt to kill the weeds, it'll also kill my grass. What can I use to kill termites and carpenter bees? And is there any way to keep squirrels from climbing into my fig tree and eating all of my <laughs> Boy, figs? Well, there's a lot I, going on in Atlanta. I would say Mary has a lot, uh, a lot of activity yeah. around there. Never a dull moment at Mary's house. Well, um, what do you think on that? Uh, certainly any kind of salt or any of the um, things that are designed to kill weeds are going to kill grass. Yep. But what would you what would you recommend in terms of uh, some of the weed killing efforts and natural remedies that Mary could uh, possibly give a try to? Yeah, well, there are herbicides you can buy that do. I don't know how they work, but they do um, just kill weeds. But yeah, any of the simple solutions we use, we, we suggest, which is usually vinegar or, or um, Epsom salt and some Dawn dish soap to mix. Yeah, it will kill anything you spray it on. So you have to be really careful with that. Um, and she also asked about uh, carpenter bees. Um, well, for termites, you know, I would call in an exterminator. Yeah, you don't you don't want to play with those termites. Yeah, so if you if you see any active termite, immediately call the person that has your termite right. bond because um, it's usually something more going on there than what you can actually see. Yeah, you're not going to have one termite is is the point. And by the time you discover them, you know it might be trouble. Um, for carpenter bees, which can drill holes somehow, perfectly round holes into wood, um, I've heard if you just spray those holes with WD-40, and if you do that. At dusk, late in the day, or early in the morning, um, when they're still in there, that'll discourage them from coming back. So you could try that. Otherwise, the only thing you do is putty up the holes, but you know they could just drill other holes. But if you're spacing WD-40 in it, they will leave. Um, what was the other thing about figs? Yeah, they mentioned about squirrels climbing onto the fig tree. Now, right. I've seen a lot of people put the squirrel guards 
around. Um, I kind of wonder how successful they are. They climb um, right over them and jump over them. Yeah, that would that would never work. Well, that, that's what I thought. I never did understand yeah. that. I guess if you had it at a certain size or whatever, I also see people putting um, the uh, like aluminum wrapped onto the tree trunk. Right. Uh, yeah. But again, squirrels can are incredible jumpers. Oh they can God, jump up above yeah. that and go up. So yeah. I'm not really sure uh, what what to say on this from a humane way. And if you try yeah. to eliminate them, you're in for quite a war because there are yeah. millions of those little rascals. And they they call they get on their cell phones and they call all their friends and <laughs> uh, their got friends. a fig tree down here, <laughs> you know. And uh, th- then there we go. Well, one thing about squirrels that I've noticed with my bird feeder fighting them is that it's a learned behavior. You know, so sometimes the young squirrels will learn it from the older squirrels, but once they sort of die out, it doesn't continue. Sometimes it doesn't continue. But in any case, they do make squirrel repellents. They come in little pouches. I think you can, I think there are like eight of them are probably 20 bucks or so. Completely safe, non-toxic. They contain like um, garlic oil and peppermint oil. Peppermint oil will scare away almost anything. If you have, I live up in mm. Connecticut where it's cold and in the winter, mice always get in cars. And the thing they tell you to use is peppermint oil, sprayed in your glove that. compartment, yeah. mm-hmm. sprayed. So um, I, th- I think it's called, it's just called squirrel repellent and they come in these little pouches. You can probably find that online. I would just leave some of those at the base of the tree, hang some from the branches and pick the figs as soon as you can. That's right. Exactly. As soon as they're ready. Um, you know, you talk about peppermint oil. Heck, oh, holidays are right around the corner. It's okay if you get in your car and it smells like a peppermint stick. Yeah, it's of okay. course. Yeah. Well, you make it sound like you're not carrying around a, a candy cane all the time during the well, holidays. I, so it always smells like, like peppermint. I yeah. do like candy canes, but they, Me too. they get kind of sticky when you put them in your pocket sometimes. <laughs> hey, let's get another email here from Gary in California. I had an electrician install a ceiling fan with lights in our living room. The fan is controlled by a four-speed wall switch that allows you to adjust the speed of the fan. Everything works fine except that the fan blades don't seem to spin very fast, even when set to the highest speed. Could this be a wiring issue. You know, they are kind of temperamental about some of that. And I have seen fans that will look like they're about to take off and and fly (laughs) away. And and I've I've seen others that just don't go that fast. But, but, you know, I've also read that sometimes the fan blades and how they're shaped can create just as much airflow as one that's speeding a lot faster. I don't, oh, I don't, yeah, I don't maybe. know the aerodynamics of all of that, but do you think that, um, that Gary might have a, a, a wiring issue on this? I would doubt that very much. I'm not, I'm not an electrician, but I would doubt it. I think what typically when this happens, it's because, um, these fans usually have pull cords, right? One for the light and one for the fan speed and the pull cord for the fan speed is probably on low. So if that's on low, it doesn't matter what the wall switch does. It's only going to go on low. So what you have to do is pull that cord until it's going as fast as it can. Then you can use the adjustable switch. That might be the, that might be the thing that it's adjusting a lower speed. Right. Like de- exactly. De- like default or whatever. Exactly. Hmm. So check that cord. Make sure it's it's on high speed before um, you start using the fan switch. You know, speaking of ceiling fans, you know, you may think of those only as a cooling appliance, but they can help you during the winter as well. If you will set that rotation, the direction of that to clockwise, what that fan will do and use it on low 
only, then it's pushing up the air against your ceiling that's a lot warmer than what you're experiencing down on floor level, and it'll push it to the ceiling down the walls and will actually help you distribute the heat you've already paid for, kind of almost a recycling, recapturing of right. that heat, yeah. and uh, is very, very effective. And, and uh, whereas in the summertime, the fan is wasting energy if you're not in the room, whereas on a low setting in the clockwise position, it'll actually help equalize that throughout your house. Just another little tip for you from us here at today's homeowner. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Today's Homeowner Radio. Here are Danny and Joe. You know, one thing we like to do each and every week is get as many questions answered for you as we possibly can. So we're going to go right back to the hotline right now. Mike is in Georgia. Mike, welcome to the show and tell us what's going on around your house. Well, I have doves that like to come up to the fascia on my house and eat the mortar in between the bricks. Did you do something against these doves? They found out where you lived, Mike? I mean, what's? I never heard anybody offending doves before. No, but I'm afraid the, the bricks are going to fall down if I don't do something about it. <laughs> Maybe they're after your bricks. They're loosening I, them up. Could be. I don't you know. know. I, I, I'll tell you, we hear so much about, I mean, woodpeckers, um, yep. carpenter bees, um, you know, of course, termites, lots of things attacking houses, but I don't believe I've ever heard... Of, of doves attacking. I thought of them for some reason as a nice, peaceful animal, yes. not one that would have destructive behavior. So, Joe, what's going on here? Are they are they craving a snack here or something? They are. In fact, Mike, I'm a huge fan of birds. I'm always reading up on birds. And this is Me actually, too. yeah, this is actually relatively normal bird behavior. It's not specifically doves, could be any bird, is yeah. if they're not getting enough calcium in their diet for egg production to produce healthy eggs, because a lot of mm-hmm. birds, if they don't get the enough calcium, They'll produce thin-shelled eggs, and, of course, the the young don't survive. Um, And they have found that there is calcium, which there is, in mortar. And it's typically only where the mortar is loose. If it's solid mortar, they probably aren't pecking it out. But if there's any places where it's a little bit loose or crumbly, that's that's where they're getting their calcium. Um, And so, okay, so what do you do about that? Well, if it's only points where they're in places where it's loose, you can repoint those, you know, scrape them out, scrape away the loose mortar, put in fresh mortar, and hopefully that will solve the problem. Um, I've also heard that you could get like rubber snakes and hang them and place them around. And I guess those scare away the birds. Um, I don't know how effective that would be. Tried that. Or, right. Or an owl, (laughs) um, you know, a a fake owl. But I think they get used to seeing an owl just standing there day and night, not moving. I would guess they'd probably get used to that. So anyway, I think it's because they're getting the calcium out of your mortar. And if you fix any places that are loose, and you could fix it even with, um, I know QuickCrete makes a mortar repair caulk and stays flexible. I'm assuming it has no calcium in it. And it actually has a text, a sand texture to it. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not it's going to match exactly your mortar, depending on where it is, how old it is, exposure to the weather. But I would pick up a tube of it. It's probably only 6 or $7. And mm-hmm. it actually has a little square. Most, As you know, most caulking tubes have a round pointed nozzle. This one is square. Mm-hmm. So it fits into the space between the brick. So it makes it really easy to apply. So I'd try that because um, they obviously aren't going to be 
eating the the caulking only the more right and and mike is it in one particular area or is it a little bit all over there or did they find just one spot they like it's in one area on the front of the house where the sun hits the house most of the day Oh, I see. I maybe see. that dried out that mortar and it's starting to crumble a little bit. So, even if it's just dusty, because they're mm-hmm. not, you know, they're not looking to remove large chunks of of uh, mortar, just looking for enough to supplement their diet. Yeah. You, you think you'd be able to put out calcium for them, but I don't know how they'd ever find it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you should repoint it with calcium tablets. Maybe that would work. You'd have a thousand doves there. <laughs> we used to have chickens, and when I was a kid, and we put out crushed oyster shells that's right right. for that exact same reason that's exactly right yeah maybe you could do that put some out and they'll discover that and they'll leave your house alone that's That's actually a pretty good idea i might do that (laughs) yeah you can still buy crushed oyster shells oh yeah 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 that'd be a good idea put that on around the the base of the house right where you see those doves yeah on the opposite side of the property exactly (laughs) or the opposite side of your fence what are you talking about (laughs) we got woods back there maybe well, that's an un- unusual problem. Fortunately, it's in just a small area of your home, but uh, yeah. hopefully uh, you can um, get them to move on to someplace else. Good ideas, gentlemen. Thank you. All right, Mike. Okay, Mike. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you. You never know. You right? never you know. Never that's know what's going on outside does. your house. I didn't house, think yeah. of that. But uh, here's an email from Thomas in Brookline, Mass. Um, our neighbor's house is slightly higher than ours, and as a result, rainwater runs off their property onto ours and eventually leaks into our crawl space. What is the easiest, most cost-effective way to keep the runoff from going into our crawl space? Well, uh, hopefully you have a good neighbor and hopefully you guys can meet, walk around a little bit, see how that water goes. Next time it rains really hard, um, get out there uh, with your umbrella and try to really get an idea of where that water is tracking toward the house. You've got to find the source to create the solution. And once you find that, it may be just a simple little um, berm on Mm -hmm. his side or your side that may divert that water just a little ways. If they're not aware of it, I feel quite sure they would not want to be contributing to any water in your basement. And I'm sure y'all can um, find a solution on that. Now, landscapers uh, deal with this all the time. Um, Not necessarily the guys that mow your grass, but those that plant your grass and plant your trees and and design your lawn. Um, Water management is a big part of their job, and I'm sure you can find one uh, right in your neck of the woods there that can recommend uh, maybe several different alternatives. One may be a berm that diverts the water. It may still be some type of trench drain that's needed to move it there. But either way, hopefully you and your neighbor can kind of collaborate on it a little bit um, and and take care of it. Because you, you hear this a lot, Joe. You hear a lot yeah. about people, you know, maybe they build up their yard by adding amendments, planting new grass, yep. and suddenly there's all kinds of water in the neighbor's yard. Uh, that's yeah. a, a, that is something that you really have to consider and really try to um, make sure that um, whatever you do in your yard is not affecting your neighbor. You do want to be a good neighbor, but it but it does happen. And in this case, uh, the neighbor may not even be aware of it. Probably is not. And especially when there's new construction or if someone's remodeling their house, they're adding on to it and they're reshaping the land. And suddenly, like you said, well, I've been here 10 years, never had water. They built an addition. Now I'm having water. Like, what's going on? And yeah, the only thing you do is either build up the land in a berm. A berm is simply a relatively low 
hill, little gully that you build so the water will go in there and drain off. Of course, you have to have a place to drain it too. Hopefully, you can put it toward a storm drain or put in a trench drain or sometimes it's called a channel drain, which is flush with the surface and the water drains into it and then goes to the street or daylight or into a storm drain or something like that. Yeah, and so many people might bring up the um, overused term French drain, which uh, right. French drains have their place in areas where you need to move water slowly and passively and where it seeps into another area. If a, a drainage problem is a result of heavy rain, then French drain is not what you need. Hey, you're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. When we come back, we're going to tackle a few more emails. So if you send us an email this week, get ready. We're going to have an answer for you when we get back. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Deitch Coatings. Easily roll on your new stone countertop, garage floor, and more in just a weekend with Deitch. And welcome back to the Today's Homeowner Radio Show. Danny Lifford here along with my co-host Joe Truini, and we're diving into the emails. You can send us one anytime by going to todayshomeowner.com slash ask. This came in from Pittsburgh, PA. Ray's asking, what's the best way to fill a crack in my concrete sidewalk? I tried masonry caulk, but the ants ate it. Hmm. What? <laughs> All the caulking was gone in just a few weeks. Well, you know, I've heard about situations like this where someone, you know, you, you have a crack in the concrete and you go ahead and you uh, fill it up, but you're really trapping ants in there. I've heard about this a good bit. So oh, underneath, what, you mean? Yeah, un- underneath, yeah. and then uh-huh. they're going to gnaw their way out, you know, and and so um, what I've heard um, about is to either take a leaf blower and really blow all of that debris you can out of that crack, maybe even reach down in there with a small screwdriver, loosen everything up, get as much of that loose material out of there as you possibly can. Then while it's all nice and open, go ahead and saturate it with some ant spray so that it soaks down in and kills any of the ants in that immediate area. Probably maybe let it dry overnight and let it be effective overnight before you come back in. Now, if it's a fairly sizable crack, as we've mentioned before, using a uh, backer rod, a foam backer rod to push it down about three-eighths of an inch, then fill it with a flexible concrete repair caulk, you're going to be fine then. I don't think you'll see any of your ants surfacing uh, through there. Kind of kind of strange. I, you know, in reading about this in the past, Joe, uh, uh, they yeah. uh, people have had problems with the, even silicone or some of these other things, mostly in um, exterior type of situations. But uh, I guess I guess they do have a little bit of a appetite, um, you know, for caulk. Well, I know they can chew through almost anything, but I would never believe they could chew through like cured silicone, which is yeah, so I know resilient. I know um, but like you said, if they get trapped underneath it and they're coming out, but I'm not even sure why they would. I mean, they're not yeah, eating it, are they? Yeah. Tell them to turn left. I mean, they don't have to <laughs> don't have to go straight. Turn left. Turn right. You know, go into the roundabout, but just don't go straight through the, the caulking. Well, of course, there is plenty of um, ant sprays you can get that you can just spray around just to discourage them. You'll kill a few and discourage the rest, and they'll just maybe move on, you know, to someplace else. Exactly. Hey, here's another email from Ross in um, Pennsylvania. Hi, Danny. This past summer, we had a concrete paver patio built. I was inspired by all the paver projects you showed on your television show. Oh, that's great. 
However, now that winter is approaching, I was wondering if I should seal the pavers. My son-in-law said, it's not necessary. What do you think? Well, it's not necessary, but it certainly does make them look a lot better and make mm-hmm. that look last a lot better because it just keeps moisture from soaking down into it and causing mold or mildew or, or just general kind of a discoloration. Um, so um, get them nice and clean, make sure they're dry, and then apply several coats of masonry sealer. It really does enhance the look of the patio, and again, it'll help repel the water, and you want to make sure you keep all of the joints are filled with sand, so you right, may want yeah. to kind of re-sand it and put, um, you know, playground sand on it, sweep it in with a broom, and uh, then put your sealer on it. I think uh, not a bad, not a bad idea. But more than anything, it just makes them look so good. Yeah, and if they have colored at all, it can help prevent them from fading. But I was just researching this topic because um, for for an article I was writing, and I was recommending any clear masonry sealer, which is certainly would su- suffice. Just buy a really good one. But I discovered, Denny, that they actually make um, sealers. These are clear sealers specifically made for concrete pavers. Yeah, I'm not really sure how they're different than regular masonry sealers. Maybe because pavers are so dense that it's a formula. Maybe it's a little thinner. The viscosity is a little thinner, so it soaks in easier. And I discovered both solvent-based and acrylic-based, water-based, are available. So, um, you know, if you don't want to deal with the solvents, they do make acrylic-based sealers specifically for pavers. Perfect, perfect. Again, certainly makes it look good, and it'll make it look good for a lot longer. Another quick email here from Barbara in Florida. Our 1960s home has terrazzo floors throughout the whole house. They're in great shape, but they look very dated. Is it possible to lay tile right over the terrazzo? If so, any special prep work before laying the tile? Of course, terrazzo is, you know, fairly smooth, so I guess um, just a little bit, maybe even taking a pumice rock and kind of not roughing it up too much, but just kind of... Um, clean it up the surface a little bit so that thin set material you use will stick to it. Does that sound like the right way to go, Mr. Tileman? <laughs> it does. Um, yeah, uh, the, the terrazzo, for people who aren't familiar, is basically like a polished concrete, usually has colored flecks in it of stone. And it's perfectly solid and it's a great base, but it's so solid that some uh, thin sets don't adhere to it very well. So what they recommend is you put down a primer and just roll it on like paint. And uh, there's a company called Schluter, a German company that makes the best tiling products. And they make one called Primer U, U like the letter U. Mm-hmm. So you just roll that out. It is very thin and, you know, you won't even, it won't affect the mortar, but it allows it to bond to the terrazzo. You're listening to today's Homeowner Radio. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, it's Simple Solution Time. Today's homeowner is brought to you by Fluid Master. Find out more at shop.fluidmaster.com. Well, it's time for that simple solution Joe provides us each and every hour here on today's homeowner radio. So, Joe, what do you have for us this week? All right, Danny, here's how to easily sand any round object, such as a baluster, a newel post, anything like that, handrail, anything that's sort of rounded. And you don't, you know, it's those are pretty hard to get to, and you don't want to use a power tool often because you might damage them. So you're going to hand sand them. What you want to do is take a sheet of sandpaper and depending on how 
course you need. It doesn't really matter, but usually you want to start with probably 80 grit at least and then go more smooth, you know, more and more smooth after that. But start with maybe 80 grit. So a sheet of sandpaper is like eight and a half by 11, something like that. So you want to cover the back of the sandpaper sheet with duct tape, the entire back, but cover it in duct tape. And then you can use scissors to cut the sandpaper into strips, you know, depending on what you're sanding, you know, usually at least an inch and a half wide. And now you can use these strips or abrasive strips of sandpaper, you put it around the balser and you pull it back and forth, almost kind of like buffing your shoe with a cloth and you go back. And the reason you put the duct tape on it, of course, is if it's just the paper, it'll rip within a couple of seconds. So you want to put, you know, in some cases, if you're really aggressive, maybe you need a better grade duct tape or two pieces of duct tape, but that will give it enough backing that allow you to sand. On this particular simple solution, we sanded on a baluster that was tapered. You know, it worked perfectly, even though it was tapered. Um, and you go back and forth. And of course, you're only doing like about a half, a little more than half. Then you go around to the other side of the baluster and you pull it back and forth. They were stained and we we're getting ready to paint them. So it was a very easy way to smooth those out and get them ready for paint. So try that next time you're sanding a round piece of wood. Yeah, when anytime you're working on a staircase like that, um, which is most of the time quite a focal point in a home, sure, that'll save you a lot of time to be able to do that. Because like you say, mechanically doing that's almost impossible. Yeah, you'll end up with a, a flat spot somewhere that you that you don't want. So another good simple solution from my buddy Joe Truini. You can see a lot more of these at todayshomeowner.com/slash simple solution. You also can go over to todayshomeowner.com slash stream and find out all the different places that you can see the Today's Homeowner library of shows. Almost 600 shows playing right now on Roku, Pluto, Freevee, LG TV, and a whole lot others. Again, todayshomeowner.com slash stream to be able to uh, see everything that you need. And I do want to remind you, you know, we're, we, we have about another oh, eight weeks or so here on the Today's Homeowner show before we hang up our microphones, um, but that's plenty of time for you to reach out to us with any question that you may have, or maybe you have a suggestion of a subject you'd like for us to talk about. Maybe you've heard about something that we did um, last week, last year, whatever, and you'd like for us to go back over it again. Don't hesitate. You can send us the email by going to todayshomeowner.com slash ask, or you can just pick up the phone anytime, 24 hours a day, and give us a call on the Today's Homeowner Hotline, 800-946-4420. Uh, Joe and I review all of the calls, all of the emails, and we'd love to, to hear from you as we uh, head towards the end of the year and the end of today's Homeowner yep. Radio oh, Show. Oh, no. We're, Don't say that. We're going out on top, and we feel good about it. And, of course, we'll be still involved with a little bit of the social media posts so that we can stay in touch with everybody. But uh should be a pretty interesting uh, next few weeks, Joe. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm also feeling a little sad about it, you know, because we've been on the air. How many years? TV show was on for 25 years. I've been helping you out on a radio show, I think, for like six or seven years. I don't even know. At least. It's been yeah. a while. Uh -huh. Yeah, maybe yeah. at least. And as we've said in the past, this is like the couple of hours of every week that we just love getting together on the radio when we lock ourselves in our studio and nobody's asking us anything, you know, it's bothering us and we just get to deal directly with our listeners. I, I just love this hour that we spend together. Two hours each weekend. It's, yeah. it's going to be a good uh, a good wrap up of everything yep. and uh, we, all, we all feel real good about it and certainly uh, glad that we've been able to help you with a few of the things you have around your house. That pretty much wraps up the show for this week. I'm Danny Lipford along with my buddy Joe Truini, our producer engineer 
engineers Scott Gardner and Brad Rogers and the whole Today's Homeowner family. Hoping you have a great weekend and come back and be with us again next week. We'll see you then.